0: Produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston.
1: Welcome to Kind World.
0: I'm Andrea Aswahi. And I'm Yasmeen Amr. Andrea, did you ever watch the show Friends?
1: Yeah, I watch it occasionally.
0: Yeah, no, I was a casual viewer too. But this one episode always sticks out in my mind.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about you having those babies for your brother? Talk about (laughs) selfishness. Uh, well, yeah, it was a really nice thing and all, but it made you feel really good, right? Yeah. So. Well, it made you feel good, so that makes it selfish. Look, there's no unselfish good deed. Sorry. You know, I was never a huge Friends fan, but I actually remember this one. Phoebe spends the whole episode trying to do a good deed that won't make her feel good to prove to Joey that he was wrong, but she never manages to do it. You know that really old guy that lives next door to me? Well, I snuck over there and and raked up all the leaves on his
0: friend's stoop, but he caught me, and he, like, force-fed me cider and cookies. (laughs) And then I felt wonderful. That old jackass. (laughs) Yeah, she always feels just a little bit happy that she was able to help in some way. And I remember having this question in my head after watching this episode. Like, wait, am I not supposed to feel good after I do a good deed? Is it supposed to feel like a sacrifice if it's really real? And I thought about this episode again recently because our guest this week says that this is
2: actually the wrong way to think about generous behavior. Sometimes it might seem like um, paying any attention to how giving will make the givers feel, you know, it can seem selfish, right? Like if your goal is to help others, then you shouldn't be thinking of yourself. But ideally, we want to make helping be a behavior that is sustainable. And joy is kind of evolution's trick for making us continue to engage in behaviors that are good for us and are
1: good for the community. That's Dr. Elizabeth Dunn. She's a social psychologist who studies happiness and social connection, And she says that instead of thinking of good deeds as a moral obligation, we should lean into the idea that we're actually wired to feel happy when we help others. In her research,
0: Dr. Dunn found that people who give to charity tend to be happier, like a lot happier. In some cases, giving to charity made about the same difference for happiness as having twice as much income.
1: But not everybody gets that warm glow from giving to charity that we hear about. So if donating does nothing for you, does that mean there's something wrong with you? I'm not so convinced that,
2: that human beings evolved to, you know, experience joy from these really abstract helping situations where we kind of like have to assume, hope, vaguely envision that our dollars are making a difference back in the day in our evolutionary past we were living in you know relatively small groups where everyone would have known each other you know it would have been so vastly far removed from say me entering my credit card into a website
1: to help somebody on the other side of the world in other words giving makes you happier when it feels personal So Dr. Dunn says that if you're helping other people and you're not getting that warm and fuzzy feeling from it, you literally might just be doing it wrong.
0: So that's interesting. You say there's a right way and maybe a wrong way to do it. So
2: could you differentiate between the two? There's a a few sort of key ingredients um, that really seem to to make a difference in turning uh, good deeds into good feelings. The first one is connection. So we're more likely to experience joy from helping others if we really feel connected with the people or the cause that we're helping. Second one is impact. So if we can see the difference that our good deeds are making, that seems to really unlock the emotional benefits of generosity. And finally, there's choice. So the quickest way to sort of strip the joy of giving away and leave it, you know, really not feeling very good for us is to
1: um, make people feel like they they've been forced to give connection impact and free choice if you think back to a giving experience that wasn't pleasant for you odds are at least one of those elements was missing so dr dunn
0: she has advice on how we can rethink the way we give not just to charity but also in our own lives that's up next after the break
1: I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back. Our guest this episode is Dr. Elizabeth Dunn. She's a social psychologist at the University of British Columbia. And she says that instead of thinking of giving as something we should do, We should treat it as an opportunity
1: to feel more joyful. But there's a catch. How you give makes a difference. So what can we do to make giving more fulfilling for ourselves and others?
2: what we can do is think about, well, are there ways that we can provide help to people who need it that will contain those key ingredients that make giving feel good? How can you create a connection? So if you're somebody who who cares about a certain cause, can you think of a way that you could foster the connection between donors and uh, recipients? Some nonprofits do this really
0: well. Dr. Dunn told us about a program in Vancouver called Plenty of Plates. That's where a group of people get together and raise about $5,000 to help with food security
2: in one of the poorest neighborhoods in the city. As part of that donation, you get to go and uh, make and serve a meal to the people in that community who you're helping. And so it's a really different experience because you know that the money that you're raising is being used in like a spectacularly efficient and helpful and sustainable way. And you get to actually connect with the people that you're helping, have a real conversation with them.
1: It would be a game changer if more charitable causes could find ways to connect donors and recipients in meaningful ways like this. But Dr. Dunn says these principles go beyond charity. Now more than ever, we have an opportunity to incorporate more giving throughout our lives and maybe boost our moods in the process
2: with the economic downturn that seems to already be upon us, many of us are going to be facing tough decisions about what to give up. And so it's tempting to think, well, you know, I don't, I'm not doing as well now. I can't possibly help others. And I think a really striking finding that we've come to from our work is that even when people are struggling to meet their own basic needs, they still derive joy from helping others. Everybody has something to offer. Asking ourselves, what could we give, right? And that, I think, draws our attention to our own strengths and resilience in a way that I at least have found very empowering.
0: So could you kind of give advice to those of us who are trying to be better people, like you said, that we, that we can reframe our thoughts to think about other people and giving to other people?
2: I think every time we sort of start to look out for ourselves, we can potentially ask, is there some way that I could use whatever I'm doing right now to help others as well? So for example, um, I was actually at a conference just as the outbreak was beginning. And so I went to the drugstore to get hand sanitizer for myself, but I decided to buy about another 50 bottles and I just gave it out to everybody (laughs) for free just to, you know, because I realized this, this was just a small thing that I could do, right? It didn't cost that much. It wasn't that hard.
1: And Dr. Dunn says that's really the key, reframing your thinking so that joyful giving becomes a regular practice instead of an isolated event. One
2: thing we learned from happiness research is that you're never at the end of the journey. Nobody gets happy and just stays there permanently without continued effort and some challenges. You know, happiness isn't this destination that you get to and you get to stay forever. It's more of like an ongoing journey that you have to think about, you know, each at each fork in the road.
0: Our thanks to Dr. Elizabeth Dunn for joining us this week. She's a professor of psychology at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. She's also the co-author of the book, Happy Money, the Science
1: of Happier Spending. Thanks for listening to Kind World this week. Our show is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR station. Paul Vikis and Matt Reed do our sound design. Sophie Eisenberg is our WBUR fellow, and Sophie produced this episode. Catherine Brewer is our managing producer and editor, and Iris Adler is our executive producer. I'm reporter and producer Andrea Aswahe.
0: And I'm reporter and producer Yasmin Amr. Join us on Friday for the last episode of Kind World. It'll be a special one, so you won't want to miss it. We'll see you then. Have a great week.